Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's beginning to look a lot like something, like Christmas, like Hanukkah, like holidays. Welcome to the show, comedians for the season, Kenise Mobley. Kenise Mobley has been seen on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. She's worked on the BET Awards and By Us For Us, a sketch comedy series presented by Color Up Change. She hosts Complexify on Vice News, Love About Town, an interview and relationship podcast, and Make Yourself Cry, available on Planet Scum. Her new comedy album, Follow Up Questions, is available right now. So get it! because she's funny. She's my rising star. My young star is growing up. Also welcome back, Vanessa Fraction. Vanessa Fraction is a co-host with the Nappy Boy Radio Podcast, hosted by rapper, producer T-Pain, analyst for the comedy hype news show, and guest hosts on Fox's Dish Nation. Vanessa, also known as Action Fraction, is a certified self-defense instructor and teaches a class, Kicks in Comedy, that empowers women with life-saving self-defense skills and lifts spirits by infusing comedy. Her film roles include Barbershop 2, Kim Fields' Holiday Love, The Rebirth. Catch her on tour right now with comedian Bill Burr. When you do the math, Vanessa Fraction equals one very funny lady. And we agree. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is friendslikeustin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation. Just go to our Patreon page. Patreon backslash friends like us special shout out to our patreon friends it's because of you we keep going and now for our golden friends you have the option to watch our recording live backstage go to patreon backslash friends like us and be golden merch is available we have t-shirts hoodies it is hoodie season coffee mugs face masks and tank tops all available just go to my website marinafranklin.com weekly on my youtube channel i go live with my assistant evelyn frick my wacky friend dave Juskow. we give updates to the show and we shout out fans who leave reviews and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by sometimes we even offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows and with friends like us it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way Tell a friend you know to check us out, stay safe, wash those dirty little hands, wear a mask still if you want to, because they're kind of asking you to inside, get vaccinated, booster up, and Black Lives Matter. I am here with Vanessa and Kenise Mobley. Uh, Vanessa gets the last name too, Fraction. Fraction, (laughs) Fraction. You better sing it, girl. All right. It was so good to see both of you. I I grouped you because I love when we're together. Yay. Ditto. We got that chemistry. So what's the weather? Well, you guys were talking about the weather and and rough weeks versus this week. So you had a rough week, Vanessa, but you're you're doing good now. 
I had a rough medical week. I'm doing well now. I was going through something where I thought that I had a bad dental issue. And so I had been going back and forth to the dentist, getting x-rays. I told them I needed a root canal. I must need about two, three of them. That's where the pain level was. And um, I was like, you might need to take out everything from my canine on back on the right side. Cause it just was, I mean, I'm talking about excruciating pain and I just couldn't find the cause of it. And they're taking all these x-rays and then they um, ended up saying that they think that I have um, trigeminal neuralgia. I don't know if I'm saying that quite right, but it's more of a neuro neurological issue where something might be putting pressure on a nerve that veins out. You know how nerves vein out and it, into your these areas into the jaw, the lower right jaw. And um, when you look it up, it looks pretty bad. They say there's no cure for it and that it happens with women when they get, mostly women, not only women, but when they get a little bit older and um, there's different things that, but they're not sure why it happens, but there's different reasons why it could happen. And so the point for me is that I was going through a lot of pain for like a week and some change, like to the point where I could not sleep, which messes with your, you know, your day and your demeanor. And it was like I was getting depressed because I was like, I talk for a living and I was still trying to make it through some shorter uh, shows, you know, radio shows or, you know, I did Dish Nation, that kind of thing, because it doesn't take a lot of time off of me in that way. But um I was starting to think about my quality of life. Like it was really upsetting to me. And I was taking, you know, um, you know, I, the dentist that gave me ibuprofen and all this stuff. And anyway, they told me to get an appointment with my neuro, with a neurologist, which wasn't going to be to the end of February. I ended up calling my girlfriend, who was an, um, a new nurse practitioner. And I'm so glad, um, cause for some reason I didn't think to call my primary physician. <laughs> And I end up calling him and he gave me some really good meds to get me started. And like the, it just feels like it's so much better, whether it's the inflammation or whatever that's down. And so I have some, you know, medicine for like some kind of steroid. Those aren't like the addictive meds, right? One, it like, well, he gave me some um, Percocets because of the pain is because it's that oh, bad. Okay. And so I just take it when I need to or whatever, but um, I'm on like a prednisone or something like a steroid and then this other GABA something that's for nerves or something to help uh, bring the nerve issue down or whatever. But it has helped me. It's helped me tremendously. Well, it's just for like um, for a certain amount of days and then it lowers itself, taper, tapers you off or whatever. And it's been wonderful. I'm so happy. I'm like, you don't know how happy you are about your health until something goes down with your health. And like, I am in such a good mood right now. Like the little bits of dull pain I feel is nothing compared to what I, the kind of stuff I was in. I can sleep and I'm just feeling very hopeful. I'm very happy. They never recommended marijuana? Well, I already smoke marijuana. So, um, um, I, uh, <laughs> no, I told my, uh, my friend that's the practitioner, the, the nurse practitioner that like, just even if it's just for my own, to help me feel better, like, so I'm not so like, you know what I mean? Like upset about it. Like I was smoking more of a indica situation so that I could sleep and that kind of thing. But I actually haven't wanted to smoke that much because, um, it's a mouth issue. I have been taking a few edibles, that kind of thing. But I feel better now. That's great. That, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> man, like that same week, like Celine Dion said, she had some type of neurological something pop off called uh, statue syndrome stiff. or no, something. Stiff. stiff. Yeah. It, it's very um, different to think about your life, you know, kind of thinking about how you would pursue your life in a different way with um, when, when things happen. You know stiff? more about it, Marina? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is this? I've never heard of. I've never heard of. It's this. very rare. 
Um, but she won't be able to perform soon. I don't know the full details of it, but it's. I think that is also neurological. But mm-hmm. it is called stiff. But it's I think terrible. it's something where you you get basically stiff in certain areas, you know, and can't move or something. So Kanis probably. I don't know if you've known this, Vanessa, but Kanis had like a, a stroke. At a very young age, I like I like the face as a as a response to that. Because well, uh, I didn't yeah, think she was gonna a... say stroke. I thought she was gonna say something <laughs> else, something neurological or something, or something. I didn't think, or that is. It is, yeah, it is. Um, it is a blood clot gets lodged in your brain, and then your brain is deprived of oxygen for a period of time. Um, yeah, I'm 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 better even than the last time we spoke. I do little exercises every day, like both physical exercises, but also like working on my handwriting, working on my ability to read out loud. Uh, so I think I'm slowly getting better at these things. Although there may be a ceiling to it, I don't know. They're still running so many tests to be like, we don't know why you had this stroke, and you're on drugs so that hopefully you don't have another one. But we'll see. When did this happen? Uh, the end of July. Wowzers, my dear. Well, I'm so glad that we're both better. Um, yes. I'm going to keep up with you and, you know what I mean, and find out what the heck's going on. Maybe we both <laughs> need to be doing some exercises. I don't know, but um, Maybe. I'm so happy we're both better. My Jesus, girl. Yes, I'm so happy that it's you're entering into the holidays healthy. You know, yes. it's nothing like a, you know, holiday. I was just thinking about today, like, I don't know, I had a, a moment, like, I went to Vermont this weekend. Uh, I say this. I don't hear every... that from a lot of my black friends. Often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was what was in Vermont? Like, why? <laughs> I went to Vermont this weekend. Oh, like, I really? love Vermont. I love Vermont. You know what it is? It's like I, I've said this on the last podcast that you have to really to be happy and happiness. And I don't mean like happiness. I mean like a relative happiness. Like happiness is when you say happiness, it's like, is that achievable? But what I mean is just you have to work hard to make yourself feel good in this world today. And there's so many things, the holidays can bring on so much depression that it does take some work to feel good. So I take myself out now. I think that's what the pandemic taught me is it's okay to take a break. So I went to Vermont, which is one of my favorite places. They they are, it's, it is predominantly white, but as far as white people go, they are the best <laughs> of the whites. You know, they nice. got a lot of Bernie Sanders, everyone there looks like him. And Hilarious. <laughs> everyone. Hilarious. Go Vermont. And I'm going to visit now for sure. They don't, you know, you know, as a black person, when you go somewhere where it's predominantly white, you can feel it when they're staring at you and they don't want you there. You can feel that. They don't do that in this area of Vermont. Now, I'm sure there's some areas, but this particular area, Woodstock, Vermont, they're very uh, liberal. Uh, extremely to the point where it's like you almost feel like they're going, oh, my God, I'm so happy you're here. Mm-hmm. And and it's they've also got everything right in Vermont when it comes to the pandemic. They were listed. Con- they just do everything right. But this weekend they have what's called the Wassail uh, Festival where they do a huge Christmas celebration. I went up. I was told about I didn't know my friends who live there, comics who moved there, lesbian couple, beautiful home went from 30000 to $400,000 home, you know. Mm-hmm. And they told me about it. So we went. I went with my friend Lois. Oh, my God. It filled me up with so much positive, good feeling. I encourage anyone this holiday, take some time out for yourself. Do what you need to do. Take your ass to Vermont. Or wherever makes you feel good. Or the Vermont that's in your heart. I guess I, we know where you're retiring. Oh, I am. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm trying to get a second home there because it is cold. But I realize I may have to find a man there, too, because, like, if I get... If you can't retire there if you ain't got no family close by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you can't ask people to just travel to Vermont because your ass decided to live there at, like, 80. All right. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody close. Ain't nobody, and they're like, uh-uh, T.T. Rena, you're going to have to come this way because we're not going to Vermont. Yeah. that, that That's when they say T.T. Rena is visiting from Vermont. Like, oh, T.T. Rena coming all the way from Vermont? Yes, because nobody goes to Vermont to see T.T. Rena. They, she got to go to come back to Chicago. Oh, T.T. Rena going to finally be in Chicago? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you asking, Kanice? You said something. Just like, what does one do there? Like, I've been there only for, like, performing comedy there. So it's like, I know there's, like, skiing sometimes and maybe, like, apples for some parts of the year. But, like, yeah, what, is, what does one do in Vermont? Nothing. That's the beautiful thing. This is why it's a retirement. It's a senior. It, there's, they have an older... Inv- culture it's like the beauty of vermont is there is nothing you i mean there are things to do you know the the wasale thing they have like a parade with horses and ponies and you know they're all on that my dream is to be the black person on a horse going through there going hey y'all <laughs> oh no people in this parade <laughs> Well, is that the draw? They're like, the black person's on a horse. Let's go see. (laughs) But this was the first time they've been able to do this, too, for you. Like, this is tradition for them. And they do a lighting of the tree. They they turn everything on. They have a carol singing. I went to the singing in the library to get warm. And... That was hilarious. I mean, the singing, when I closed my eyes and wasn't looking at because I couldn't look at them because I'm a kid. I'd start laughing and stuff. Yeah. But when I closed my eyes, the singing was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just go. Uh, I was like, you know, there was someone who did snore for a bit. But other than that, you know, I, I did a lot of laughing. I did a lot of like poking fun. You know, I like going places mm-hmm. and just finding the hysterical. And it's just... Everyone was so nice. I, I can't yeah. say it enough. I think that is what I just, I needed to fill up on kindness. That's and everyone good. was so kind. And they do things so right. The food was good. I, so what do you do, Kanice, for you? I mean, they got comedy there. Woohoo! So you can perform. <laughs> they got Woo-hoo! the Burlington Comedy Club. I've done that. And I think I've done, like, other people will do little shows around there. There's a crepe place that I've done comedy at. Uh, but yeah, I was, I think I was up at a friend's place where it was like, hey, you can stay in this house for a couple nights and you do comedy. And I walked around the main town and I was like, well, I've done that. (laughs) And I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to do now. Nothing. Nothing. That's the great thing. Doing nothing is a wonderful, like I could sit for a very long time. You you just sit there? I have some books. Right. I'm going to say I have some books I'm reading. That kind of thing. Yeah, I have some books. books I'm reading. I love to crochet the music, that kind of business. I mean, you know what I mean? Kind of complete a, a project. Go for a buggy a ride. A buggy ride? Yeah. That's where you go and write. Like the past? Yeah. You go and write your book, Kanice. <laughs> go write your book. I'll go up there. Chill. You know, watch the leaves like, turn. Isn't that the plot of Misery? Where like he's like, I'm going to go write a book. And then like a lady. 
<laughs> Maine. He was also quite those, successful. Oh, it's Maine. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry for besmirching Vermont. That's Maine's problem. Okay. It is very familiar to that. That's what like the like Stephen King bases a lot of his horror based on all those areas. Yeah. So you yes. could go and 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 check that out. Go on a book a tour and check out all like the Stephen <laughs> King Vermont sites, that kind of stuff. See where Pet Cemetery went down, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm a big old scaredy cat. Absolutely not. I don't want to, if there's a, I know someone has probably died in my apartment. I live in New York, but I'm like, nope, the ghosts aren't here. This is the, nope, get out. Like a recent death or? <laughs> I hope not. Although I did get it pretty cheap during the pandemic. So I'm worried that like, I don't know what happened, but it's rent stabilized. So I'm never leaving. Oh, man, I'm coming to visit. I'm coming to stay with you, Kenise. That's funny. Cause they did have on uh, last night, Amityville Horror, the remake, the original was the scariest in my opinion. But the remake is so funny because you forget until you start looking for a home why those are so scary. Because you see the people come in and they they like gloss over the little damage in the corner. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's okay. This is a beautiful home. No, you need to pay attention to that little stain that's like a circle that looks like something. And if the person doesn't go down to the basement with you to look at the basement, the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. You got to really pay attention. So did you pay attention? Uh, I looked at this place and it does have problems that I probably should have considered, but it does not have a basement. And I think it's definitely because I'm from Charlotte and you don't have basements in like clay ground. So nobody had basements growing up. Basements are the most terrifying thing to me. Like I stayed in a friend's house in like Pennsylvania and they were like, oh, you can go down to the basement. I was like, no, I won't. I'm not. That's how people get got because they're curious about what's down there. And you just seal it up. Put a lock on the door. Never go down there. It it belongs to the house generally. It doesn't belong to you. Basements are scary. I won't do it. Now, do you talk about this in your special? Let's let's get to your special that is coming out. <laughs> and what Vanessa was saying is right. We see you. We see what you're doing. We watching you, Young Star. You. I know you don't want to be Young Star, but Young Star, <laughs> what's going on? I feel decidedly old, but I will take Young Star. Um, my album came out on Friday. Uh, my debut comedy album. Uh, it, it's. I think it was. It's not anymore. I looked. I checked. But it was number two on the iTunes comedy chart. So that made me happy. I got a little picture of that. And yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, some people are listening. And my mom listened. And she told me she... Uh, she was like, I, you tell these jokes about me. Okay, okay. Um, and then my sister was in the audience and she laughs really loud at one point. So I let her guess which part my sister was laughing. So it was really it was sweet. What's the name of your album? Follow-up question. What made you come up with that? Because I ask follow-up questions constantly. Uh, like it's partially, I'm going to blame it on, I majored in psychology in undergrad and I did studies and I just am very curious about why people do certain things or like, the audience members would like just scream out something. And it's like, of all the things to scream out, why that? <laughs> like, I have questions about it. So it's a follow-up question. Who's, what'd they scream out? I have a joke about uh, a guy saying he's saving all of his cum for me. And just the questions about how is he storing that? And <laughs> for what purpose? And is there a demand for that? So just, so we have little discussions about <laughs> what's the deal with that cum? Kanisha, you're always saying something I don't think you're going to say. <laughs> and all the jokes on your album. I'm like, what? He's throwing up all his cum for you. What in the world? What in the Jesus? I certainly didn't think, especially when you had just said, my mom, you know, she was listening to the album and 
you know. So anyway, I was telling this joke about this dude who was storing up all his cum for me. And uh, my mom, she, I'm like, what? <laughs> I tell jokes about my mom's boobs as well. So. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Go cut news. Go. <laughs> yeah. So what do you want people to know, like, if they should, you know, get it? What, what else would you like them to know about your album? Okay, so it's funny. It does have some audience or interaction, but not so much that you're like, did she even plan an album? Like, I think it's it's I think it's a good album. Uh, I my mom has listened to it several times. She's been in the audience while I've done it around the country uh, and abroad. And she's a great mom. And you know what? Make her proud of me by purchasing this album. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask now more uh, for a comic question. How did you prepare for the album? I traveled around. I did it. I ran it in Indiana, in Boston, in several places in North Carolina. I think I did it in California. Yeah, like so just going it around and doing it in different places. And I love the different reactions that people have. It's drastically different uh, based on where I am and the types of things that they respond and the follow-up questions I end up having to ask because like the dating scene in Indiana is very different. And they're like, wait, people are doing what now? (laughs) And in New York, they're like, that's nothing. This is, this, 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 this. So yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Cause what are people doing? I don't know. I I don't date. So I don't, I don't date. (laughs) There's no, there's no, I mean, I just don't have it in me. I don't, I have no interest in, um, I guess I've got, you know, menopause is a form of female castration, I feel, but it's coming back. I think maybe if I'm with someone, I did, I did have a moment with some guy recently where I was like, oh, is that, oh, that's what that is. I haven't felt that in a long time. Nice. I mean, I get, what did I he get, do that made you feel that way? Um, he looked at, he was cute and he looked at me and he took interest and I was like, then something, a little thing moved down there. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Mm. girl, you still. Okay, girl. I'm going to send you the picture of my friend who every time I mentioned that I interacted with you, he's like, she looks good. She looks, she looks good. So I'm going to send you his picture so you can, you can, yeah. Hook it up, Kanees. Okay. Wait, how old is he? How old is this? He's younger than me. Oh, don't tell her. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's hard. I, you know, these young ones, I dated, just don't think about it. See, you're already putting sour on the on the on the grape. Don't do it. Just let, let it let it. But flourish. I did. I had so many. Let it young turn ones. into wine. Let it set for a minute. And Vanessa. Yes, dear. In Atlanta. Yeah. With all the election being, oh, are you glad it's over? Yes. Those commercials are the worst. Campaign commercials are just the worst. You know, everybody sounds bad. They're all super emotional, or they're super ridiculous. What was the one thing that stood out to you about Herschel Walker? Like, we're not there, so we don't, we're not seeing how people are talking about it, him. And I feel like, well, he got way too close for what he was. That, I think, was the part that was so shocking, not shocking necessarily, but felt so, what world are we in-ish? You know what I mean? Because he was so profoundly dumb in his stances. And I'm not saying that to poke fun or anything like that, but he's totally unprepared and had a very um, uh, ridiculous history for what he was applying for, you know, um, 
And just the fact that people were so dead set on, we don't give a damn who it is. You know, I just was like, well, put a, a dog or something in his place. That way I notice some silly shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't put a human being, you know, here and just say you're going to vote for it. You know what I'm saying? And it got down to a point where, and they did some decent strategies. I ain't going to lie. Like um, one commercial uh, toward the end of the first round, they were like, it's bigger than me. It ain't even about me. Basically, like he did a commercial saying like, I know I ain't shit. But it ain't about that. It's about not letting them win. And I kind of was like, I guess you're right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not trying to play. Like, that commercial was that commercial was pretty damn good. You know, if I were, you know, on the fence and more toward, you know, the right or what have you. But I will say that Warnock really um, pumped up the jam on the runoff. I think he probably knew that there would be a runoff just because of obstinate Republicans. And then um, during that second part where they were having the runoff, his um, uh, campaign just really jumped up on a lot of the, uh, the commercials and, and getting them out there and having a lot of Republicans say like, look, you know what I mean? We can stand for a lot of stuff, but does this really represent me? Do I want this person? And I think that's what it came down to where it's kind of like, this person is representing me. You know what I mean? Do Am I about vampires and werewolves or am I about uh, really making some change and making sure Georgia looks great? Because that was going to make Georgia look bad, you know? Where did where did people pause with Warnock? Like, that's what I didn't understand. What was the argument against, like, were any circles that you were in where people were like... I don't think it's necessarily an argument against Warnock. I just think it was an argument against Demo Dem Dem uh, Democrats, you know what I'm saying, if you will. Yeah, I think, too, if I, if I were going to say anything, he wasn't necessarily impressive to me. He was just another guy as well, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, he kind of comes from like that that preacher stance, which doesn't necessarily read good to me. It just is like you're just another per. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm I don't say that I'm, you know, a senator. That's a preacher. I'm a I'm a reverend that happens to be a senator. I'm like, nigga, so, you know, what I'm saying? I don't mean to be funny, but I, was, <laughs> oh, I don't care how you say it, motherfucker. Like, just right. get some shit done. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't need all this, you know, uh, moral high ground bullshit. You know, and that sounds terrible coming from just talking about Herschel having no moral <laughs> right. good stance. But that's so what it I was. But it's just more like, can we get some stuff done? It's not about either one of you. And I guess that's the part I could agree with in the commercial with Herschel. It's not about the person. It's really about your constituents and what you're going to do for them. And I don't think either party does enough of, of it. You know what I mean? Of taking care of your constituents. Well, his campaign was a bit of a mess from this article that was written by Roger Saul. Hollenberger wrote this article about how his campaign was duct tape and band-aids. And there was this person in their campaign had other grand plans for the campaign that were never realistic. Uh, her name or their name is Blankard. Blankard? I'm probably saying His it wife? Wrong. I'm sorry. Is um, that lady his wife? Julie Blankard or whatever? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, a close inner circle decision maker comprising just of three people, him, Blankard, and Beagle. And they said, Julie, yeah, Julie Blankard. Julie wanted Cardi B on the campaign trail. And one flabbergasted staffer recall referring to the outspoken liberal hip hop star from the Bronx, the person who sings wet ass pussy. You want to bring her on the campaign trail to appeal to conservatives just because she tweeted that we're in a recession? I think Cardi B could be on a campaign. I mean, we're open to it. I mean, that's like conversation that, I mean, are we not afraid to talk about wet pussy? We should, we, we had a president who talked about 
you know, grab them by the pussy. So what are we doing? Yeah. Y'all were talking about restricting the rights of our pussies. So, you know, uh, I think it's it's fair ground there. Yeah. And she she's a good interviewer. She interviewed Bernie Sanders and, you know, she's into it and others, I think. She's into politics. As we all should be. That was her point. As we all should be. So any of us can be a good representative if, you know what I mean, she has a big base that she can hit. So, of course, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, she's about, you know, what's going on? <laughs> Why am I campaigning for Cardi B? Um. <laughs> but it is interesting, like, what their choices are and how they how it kind of crumbled within this the 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 walker's little circle like what who like i keep thinking well, like about he's a maniac son. he's a maniac you know what i mean like for real and th- and that means that you're not stable so you're going to be fixated on one thing or another i think they were saying he was more fixated in what was going on in the county in which he grew up Johnson County or whatever county he grew up in. And he's fixated on that. Like everybody there should have voted for me. And when they didn't, he just couldn't get over that. And it's like, oh, come on, you're short sighted, man. Move on. All of Georgia, not just this, you know, area that you're in or whatever. And I think that he's just, an, I don't mean to keep saying these words to, to belittle him, but it's like, he's a bit of a nincompoop. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, whatever sense you're trying to make is not going to make sense to him. He's going to be... You know, kind of like how somebody has that one, they get fixated on one thing and if it, you know, and hopefully it'll be on what, what's, <laughs> what's important. But if not, you're just trying to get them back on track and they steadily veering over here and you're like, come on, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, why they chose him when you could have chose so many other people, I just really to this day don't understand except that they were like, I'll prove it to y'all. We're that strong. We can put anything up and they'll vote for it. Is that the point? Because you know what I mean? There's so many other people of color, I'm sure, that that would have, you know, held a little a little bit better. Because, again, it was such a, why it was a tight race, whatever, why, I don't know. But it was, you know what I'm saying? So if you would have had someone with some kind of, you know, backbone and some kind of background, you, the, the Republicans might have been successful. So I really don't understand this move, except for, like, I guess you're trying to prove, a, I don't know if you're trying to prove a point, I don't know. Well, the son, his son, really, I mean, this is why maybe proof to not have children. <laughs> The son really ruined his campaign. The son came out. What did the son say and do? He came out on TikTok and he was like, you know, they're not the Republican parties are just parading you around. They're not really helping you. They're just not even escorting you. They're treating you less than pay attention. You weren't there for my mother. Like he really called him out on a lot of shit. He was like, you know, that's my dad. But hey, let me tell you what's what's real. It's kind of like what happened to uh, what's her name? Who was with Trump? Kelly Ann, remember her daughter was like, my mom is an idiot and I have to like tell you all why she's an idiot. How are you feeling, Kanice, after this uh, election? It's just stressful. I was like everybody else. Like, yeah, I, I don't pay for the New York Times or anything. But if you just access the homepage, it does update like like voting wise stats. So I was just like refreshing. And at first it was saying it was going towards Herschel Walker. And I was like, ha. Who? Why? Uh, so it was nice that, yes, like Warnock won, but yeah, it was, again, it was so close. It was close to that frustrating point where it's like, I given these two options to vote for this other guy who doesn't have a background, who isn't good at this and who doesn't seem to really stand for much, like that almost half of the people voted for that. It really says something about what they value. It was it was. Kind of scary, honestly. Yeah, and the badge moment. Beagle, who's one who's also part of his uh, campaign, most 
publicly impactful decision came into debate. She was the person who advised Walker to flash his honorary deputy badge on the stage, according to two staffers with knowledge of the decision. Who? who what? Somebody told him he should have did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they told him to do that. The staff agreed generally that Walker could have used more outside support from influential GOP officials down the stretch, but we're grateful for the handful of surrogates who pitched in. Yeah. The people around you. Yeah. The people around you can really affect your career. Yeah. They give you, um, they can, uh, what you call, uh, give you, uh, what's the word, Lord? Help me. Help me. Oh, I'm on the spot here now. Um, I want to guess it. I want to get it. When you're around someone and, and, and there's someone around you with great integrity and they give you spunk, they confirm who you are. No, they give you endorsement. Yes. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In the vein of endorsement, but yeah. not endorsement. Yeah, like say, okay. for instance, how Brian Kemp won his election. Validation? You know what I'm saying? Validate. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I think. I think. Yeah. And and he didn't have. <laughs> All that said, he didn't have that. I think he was sitting between Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz or something like that. And it just didn't validate his situation. Like, it was like, we don't even take these fools seriously. Like, for real, like, come on, dude. Um, So it just got weird. And if you were at least, you know, sitting beside, you know, like, say, Brian Kemp or something, who in this state is respected and so forth, you know, they'd be like, okay, okay. But I guess, you know, I think it could have helped, you know, that kind of thing. Even um, more well-respected Republican celebrities, if you will. But, um, you know, he had to take what he could take. Pardon me? Well, we're talking about, I'm sorry, because their names are so close. Well, we talk, yeah, you said Walker, right? Now, you're, you, you were changing the subject now. I'm so sorry. Because you That's said, what about right. Stacey? Go ahead. Yeah, what, what's the, because I, I was talking to someone, they were like, people had problems with Stacey there. Is that true? I guess so. I felt she definitely was stronger the first run for governor, if that makes sense. The second time, I didn't feel the, the I didn't feel the, the, maybe it was the message that they were pushing because it kind of kept being on voter suppression in some ways. And I'm trying to think about what she was leading with this time in terms of what she was promising. Well, that's a problem if you don't know. I don't as much, to be honest with you. And I really do like her, you know, just in general and everything. And like I said, I really was in love with her campaign that first time around. The second one, when I saw her dancing with Kerry Washington, I really didn't <laughs> care for that. When you get to doing shit like that, I'd be like, come on now. This, it was some kind of like, it almost looked like, a, you know, when you're trying to be like, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't even look like Stacey really wanted, like that wasn't really like, she was just like, I'm going to do this. Like, but she didn't, re- I don't know, because I can't even call it a TikTok dance. I don't know what it was, but I just really was like, what's going on right now? This is weird right now. You know what I'm saying? Can you, I, I, I. and you know, even and maybe she did one of these and I didn't see her, but you know, the ones where you point your finger and do like this and do like this and do like this, like it should have been like better taxes, da, 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 and did a little dance and just hit the point so I could remember them. I really would have went for it, probably. I don't know if she did it. Maybe she did and I didn't see it because I wasn't following close, close. But I just, for whatever reason, I wasn't as enthralled myself being here in Georgia. I voted for her, of course. 
you know, I did, definitely. Because I think she just stands for more of the things that help out me and my community and so forth and so on. I definitely, you know, see the way that Brian Kemp moves and even with his stance on uh, gun rights and violence and so forth. And even like, like you all don't see the commercial ads, but I'll never forget when he had a gun and was pointing it at this kid, you know, kind of doing that old school, are you going to date my daughter kind of business. But it just doesn't send a... <laughs> It just doesn't send the greatest of messages and just his, you know, kind of like good old boy kind of thing. I just don't really go, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. yeah, anywho, I do look forward to seeing how Stacey regroups. She might just want to keep her name out there because maybe she's looking forward, you know, to do some other things. And it was just wow. like, I got to run just to keep my name out here and stuff. But I'm really lo looking to do this. And that's why I'm not yeah. putting that much energy into this because I'm getting ready to do this over here, like some master plan. Yeah. Like it could be like I'm hoping it's like Pete Buttigieg, where it's like your your experience is that you were a mayor of a very small town, <laughs> um, where he is now part of the Biden administration. Where even if she isn't like successful in a governor's race, she can still, with her name, with her credentials, the fact that we all know who she is, be a good secretary of. I don't know, but something, something in the administration. Um, yeah, what? Oh, crap. I'm like, what are all the secretaries of stuff? She could be one of them. Speaking of regrouping, I was trying to find a good way. <laughs> Nia Long. Oh, that, mm, that type of regrouping says the Boston Celtics were irresponsible in handling her ex-fiance's cheating Scandal. Now, Nia Long is claiming that the Boston Celtics were irresponsible. She shared her frustration to the press and expressed that it felt like no one thought of her children. In September, the Celtics issued a statement announcing it was how do you say an Udoko's immediate suspension from the team. You know, I'm not a pop culture girl. I, I sound like Jennifer Coolidge. You know, I'm not a pop culture girl, but it's like... I don't normally pay attention to celebrity relationships because it just seems, I think you said this once, Vanessa, like it doesn't seem real in a sense, but when, especially when it's in the news a lot. But this one, I kind of felt like she brought something to it that was good, which is that she said, you know, you're, you're forgetting about the humanity of, of who I am and who the children are by talking about this. Like you never asked if I was okay. I don't, I do know that when you said that I had said about uh, relationships in Hollywood, some of them are, I feel arranged and done, you know, for attention, that kind of thing. And you may have something new coming out so it'll look nice if you're with this fresh individual or maybe somebody's new on the scene and you need to pair them up with said individual to bring both of you guys is, you know, a thing up. I think those things happen now because things are as they are. You work with different people and you're in these different circles. And so a lot of times different real relationships happen because of that. And there's plenty of evidence of that. Like Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance, you know, we have, um, you know, Russell Wilson and Sierra, you know, we have, you know, uh, you know, even Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know what I mean? It's lasting. It's, it's giving, you know, it's giving real relationship, you know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever. So Nia Long and Umea Duko, I'm so sorry if I'm saying his name incorrectly. That's one of the ones you think, hey, we just met. Circles put us together. We got married or have this, excuse me, this extended relationships with, which, which, which gave us a produced a son. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. God bless them. And it seems as if too, it's one that you kind of keep 
uh, private. It's not something that we all knew about a lot. You know, I wasn't, I don't think when I think Nia Long, I don't think about who she's with or anything until this recent situation. And so I don't know personally how much responsibility people have to other people's personal life. You know what I mean? Like the organization, their responsibility is to their employees and so forth. You know what I mean? Your husband or your mate is responsible for your feelings, if I'm correct. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be hard or rude, you know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't think that I, as an organization, need to consult, which means finding and providing a counselor for your family because you out here fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm wrong with what I'm saying and you weren't out here fucking up and I'm out here putting out misinformation, therefore traumatizing his children, therefore, you know, I'm like, if I'm in the wrong, fine. But if this information is true and you were doing unlawful or disrespectful things or things that went against your contract at your job, my responsibility is to take care of my employees, not your family. Your responsibility is to protect your family and you already didn't do that when you did said thing. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So you're, Oh, you're saying like ESPN is like putting out the story because. Yeah. Why do I have to call your family to make sure they're OK first? Like, you know, you fucked up and, you know, we know about it. So as soon as you know, we know about it, you might want to tell your family because some shit could hit the fan. You know what I'm saying? TMZ, I don't think checks with the family before they report some shit. They just make sure that the facts are there. You know what I'm saying? And in terms of the the. Uh, organization putting out a statement, all they needed to do was make sure the facts were there and then now they have to do a statement because it's going to hit the fans through somebody else or, you know, through, you know, leakage or whatever. And so they need to address it as soon as possible or whatever. And they've definitely let your per person know. So they need to let you know and then they need to get you a counselor and they need to prepare you for what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because one, they're the offender as well. And they're the one that made the commitment to you. And just to cl close it up, too, she was saying that she felt like, you know, we were family and y'all brought us in as family. And it's like we get confused like that sometimes. You know, my, my father used to always have to, which I remember my father saying when I get confused about things that happen in comedy, is that people here are your colleagues. They're associates. Everybody's not your friend, honey. You know what I'm saying? Even though y'all might work together for years and so forth and so on, that does not make them family. That's well... I guess that's the hardest part. That's why I brought this article in is because I have seen like in the comedy scene, a lot of times when like Chappelle is in the press or Amy is in the press or Tiffany is in the press or anyone that we know who like for years, you kind of do think of them as family in a sense, because you've known them sometimes longer than and you're around them longer than even your own family, that sometimes we do get on a podcast or we get in an interview. And a lot of times I think what she's talking about, Nia is talking about is like, these are people that she knew or felt and to see them talk about what was going on without and I, I could see where she was like, well, why didn't you check in with me? Like the humanity of, of it all in media does get lost. I mean, that's what media is. Media is not a empathetic tool. Yeah. Oh, that sounded good the way I put that. It did. You said that, honey. I can't believe but it. I guess she said I'm more than just a headline. I thought I was, you know, I meant more than a headline to you. To those that, I guess that she's saying to those who knew her for real. Yeah. Or even after it was put out. But I don't know how much does this affect you? How much do I know that you know? You know what I'm saying? Because some people have agreements within their relationships. Some people have this and that. And I don't I don't like getting into messy shit like that, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had that thing where, like, some friends you know break up? And now am I supposed to be still friends with you? Or you? Am I supposed to both call on check on both y'all? Y'all both? I mean, why am I in this? <laughs> I didn't fuck nobody. 
Why am I in this? Or I didn't have an inappropriate relationship with nobody. Why am I? Why I got to, you know, swallow my <clears throat> and get my shit together to call you up? <laughs> I got to feel uncomfortable and figure out how we gonna have this conversation. <laughs> like, I didn't so do funny. nothing. Like, you gotta you know decide who saying? comes to the party. Yeah, and all this. But I'm talking about even that phone call, like, damn. So, you know, I, you know, we know, you know what I mean? Like, why do I have to go through any more uncomfortability than what I already did? I ain't fuck nobody. I'm not understanding why I'm so involved as the, as the president of said organization or what have you. Like, I ain't do shit unless you like, well, that's your job. You got to do uncomfortable shit, like fire people and talk to their families. But when you fire people, do you call their family and let them know? Or you just tell this person you fired, I think you better tell your family. That's right. Yeah. So why? What's all this phone calling? But I guess she'd be like, but our kids play on Saturday. Now, if that's the case, yeah, then maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you should have told her the Saturday before the Monday of the press conference. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like while they're doing wiffle ball or whatever they do. Now, you know, we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a press release coming out. You know, who may been fucking up. Got these statements. We got these. We got to talk about it. Now, Patti LaBelle was rushed off stage in Milwaukee, where I was recently doing a... I did a presentation in the greater area of Milwaukee. I never understand why they say the greater area. Maybe, was it not in Milwaukee proper? Was it like in a suburb or such? That, that's usually like how when they say greater Chicago area and shit like that. Oh. Is that what they mean? Mm. So the great... So it could include maybe... You know, like how we live in Chicago and sometimes they maybe include Gurney or some shit that ain't in Chicago, but they be like in the greater metro area, oh, Schaumburg and Gurney. stuff. Or, I, I, I might have went too far out. <laughs> Sorry, I, I Gurney, went, if you're listening. I might have went too far out. Somebody check me. Who gonna check me, boo? No, somebody gonna check me in the comments. <laughs> but that that was crazy, seeing that she was rushed. The, the Patti LaBelle concert at the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee was abruptly halted Saturday night when the star was rushed off the stage due to a bomb threat. Now, this is the Saturday where this episode is out. It'll be the Saturday before this past Saturday. Organizers said that the social media video showed She's and I saw it. She's like, wait, you know, it, it's so she didn't know what was going on. She had flowers in her hands. She had to drop the flowers. She was like, some what? What the fuck? What? Oh my god! I'm just, I'm just joking. No, but they she, <laughs> she they did kind of you know shuffle her off. She didn't. But my thing is, why they didn't make the announcement to the crowd? So y'all gonna make sure Patty cool before everybody else. Because I mean, no offense, I guess you should. I think they were risking a trample situation. That's true. Crowd management. You know, how do you get people out safely without them stompeding each other? That humanity thing comes up again, I guess. I don't know. Stampede. It's cool. It's cool. It was good. It was good. We felt it. I I missed the part. What did they, did they, they did, they didn't find a bomb or anything, right? They didn't. They're still investigation. The answer. That is like the line. Why would of you the bomb Patty LaBelle's concert? Yeah, of all like you have a vendetta against pies. What are you talking about? You don't want to lay on the couch with her? Voulez-vous, couche? Yeah, want Yeah. Well, I I guess they haven't had a pie. I mean, you know, that's the only reason. They trying but, to end Patty pies, but they also, I think. The most important thing, the takeaway of this for me is that we all need to be safer as black individuals moving forward. 
because I think, and we're going to move on to Brittany Griner, thank God is free. But I think that, you know, while we're celebrating a lot of successes, like the Republicans not doing what they thought they were going to do, the uh, January 6th thing is happening and we're seeing some people are starting to get convicted. We see Trump, the fruition is starting to come in. Everything, all the documents that he kept and his tax fraud. While all these things are going on and it sounds like there are some people who are harboring real hatred out there and we got to stay on our toes. Public spaces, I don't think I've, even at that parade, you know, in Vermont, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I forgot. One, I hate parades. I forgot that while I was there. While you was at the parade. I have a video of me actually saying, I forgot I hate this shit. And, um, <laughs> I do. I fucking what hate parades. What about parades? <laughs> well, I always feel like, a, in this day and age, I always feel like a target on some level. And then it's like, Aww. you know, the horse, it's like, you know, the horses can lose control. But <laughs> I did have all those thoughts. And then, you know, but the thing is, it's like in public spaces, I don't know about you, but I get very nervous now. I'm I'm like, not sure. So even at a concert, number of black individuals, we got to really pay attention. I'm not sure about people in general these days. People seem a little, you know, just in general, even with the sister Shanquilla, excuse me, sister, that I rest in peace, can't, uh, can't remember her full name. Shaquilla Robinson, is it? She, the, the past that died in Mexico with her friends. You know what I'm saying? Or I think it was some other situation where uh, the Uber driver just got stabbed by the the, the customer, he filmed it, put it on Facebook, just random, horrible acts of violence because people are, you know, not all the way there anymore or whatever. Like, I, it's just been a lot of random acts of violence, in my opinion. And it's almost like you have to keep your head on a swivel in terms of... um of what's going on with you. And that's at a parade. That's at a, especially at a big event, like you said, because it might be an attack upon groups of people where somebody just wants to, you know what I mean, run a truck into a situation or like you say, a bomb threat or something to try to, you know what I mean, bring, um, to terrorize a group or sometimes it's just individual stuff that someone's just hit their level and they're just, you don't know, you know, what ticks, what, you know, it's just been some very strange things happening where you, I think, need to think about your protection and, and exits and all that stuff. I was just going to say, I, I agree 100%. I'm in New York. I take the subway all the time and there does seem to be like just a hair more and they've like, they've put a ton of cops within the station, but I've seen more people peeing like right outside of the station. Like this week alone, I've seen three people just like unzip and piss like right in front of me. There just seems to be like this kind of underlying menace just around, just always there. And yeah, I agree. Keeping my head on a swivel uh, is the only way that I feel safe enough to do these things because it does feel like some people kind of snapped a little bit in the last couple of years. Great Sorry, Maria, what were you title saying? for an album, by the way. Unzip and piss. Unzip and piss. Kenny's <laughs> always saying something I don't think she's going to say. Like, I, we're talking about the violence. And then she says, there's all these cops and shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still pissing outside. I said, Kenise, I didn't think that's where you were going. I didn't. I mean, it fits. <laughs> I was yeah, I saw a guy walking down the street by the cellar with his dick out, and it was shiny too. Mm, I mean, that I means was, he just was doing something to it. Like he just peed, maybe, or just has um was it was shiny. Um, 
that means he had just greased it. Like he was either just doing something with, you know what I mean? Because people right now, I don't know what it is. Maybe they've been in the house a lot and just feel like they still are at home or maybe using virtual stuff and just feel like they just, I don't know, they're tapped out of reality because they just, to walk around with your dick out like that is just, it's a lot. Especially, like you said, if it was slick, like already glowing, that means he didn't already jacked it a little bit. It or, was, it was. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. What was, oh. He been whoa. in action. I just don't, like, that seems to be a very vulnerable thing that dudes are always worried about something happening to it. And to just walk around like, here it is. Like, you're not worried about someone like hitting you or like just a tap, like something. It's like I, I think it's like a, that Chappelle joke or something where like if you pull your dick out, people are kind of trying to avoid a, a, a just a, a raw dick. No one's trying to tap it or touch it. You know what I'm saying? Just seems it seems like a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. For me, though, since I haven't seen one in a while, I was fascinated on a level. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was very much like, well, this what's going on here? Okay. So anyway, um, with Brit- <laughs> we'll move on. But to Brittany Griner, can we give her? Thank God yeah, she is home. Give it up. Give it up. Give oh, it up. Oh, praise. I knew, you know what? I secretly knew she was good. I wasn't doing too much because I could tell that the conversations in media was messing up with the handling of her situation. And I knew that they were going to get her home. The fact that they sent her to that colony. Did you know, do you guys have any understanding of what they do at those colonies? Um, I thought they were sewing sometimes and doing some other stuff. It just depends on which colony you get sent to. Let me tell you something. I looked up an article, and I don't know if they're going to start hacking into my account because it was in Russian. You know, when you see something in a different language and it goes, you can convert this to English. It's like, but who's also going to be tapping in once I convert? (laughs) But yeah, this colony that this Russian colony they sent her to, which... They sent her to two weeks before they told us that she was there. Did you know that? Yeah. So when Biden administration got word of her being sent to a colony, she was there two weeks prior. So she had already been there. And these colonies, I mean, just so people really understand what was about to happen. They rise at 6 a.m., 6.30, they have breakfast. And then 7 o'clock, they're sent to the factory until like 20, like, for 24 hours, sometimes until three in the morning, the women work and they don't get a bathroom break. Whether the convict will be able to go to the toilet, to the dining room for a walk, to the bath during the day depends solely on whether she has fulfilled the norm. And they don't care if you have fingers. I mean, when you're talking about sewing, they don't care. And sometimes it happens there where you're there, they the beatings. I mean, we, you're, you're talking about like really like women have committed suicide in, in these colonies because it's just not worth living because the beatings take place. I mean, you're talking about very intense beatings, peeing on yourself, food. They don't even if you get a bath, it's a luxury. It's like very rare. The food they feed you is awful. So we're, it's like really like um, we, you think about Russian treatment. You know, we always make fun of them in movies. But imagine I mean, these are individuals. These are people. We're talking about like prison here and what we're doing. So this is where she was for two weeks. So she's got a story to tell. How did you feel, Kanice, when she was released and coming back home? 
it was, I was happy to hear that she was released. And I was frustrated by the fact that I, it was like celebration on one hand, but then I was seeing all these like, but what about this other guy from like a certain subset of people? And I liked that, that, that other guy's brother was like, oh, if they care so much, why didn't they <laughs> do something about it when Trump was in office? Now it's an issue, but before it wasn't? Like, you guys are showing yourselves to be completely biased and saying, now what about my brother? But he's been there, so what are you talking about? I liked that. Vanessa? I was elated because I think that, especially as a comedian that travels and, you know, we travel overseas doing shows and different, you know, we go to different countries, they have different rules and stuff. And I think that um, I put myself in her shoes and just thought like, you know, what if I had less than a gram? You know what I mean? Whether I accidentally did it, whether I thought I was going to sneak this little bit in here, I don't give a damn the reason. You know what I'm saying? I got less than a gram and you talking about giving me seven years, nine years or whatever it is and it, nobody is going to come and help me like that just is absurd you know what I mean and so I just felt for her I felt for her wife I felt for her family and her friends and when they said they were releasing her you know y'all didn't give the the what you call the lord of death enough time anyway 25 years for all the shit he was doing y'all y'all didn't think he was gonna do all that time you know or whatever I think he had 10 more years left because he did maybe like 14 you know or something like that I'm sure he was still dealing arms while he was in jail you know that's how folk can still do stuff um but either way I was happy for her and I and her family just because I really did just put myself in her in her position and just thought, my Lord, you know what I mean? Like we make mistakes and stuff like that. And we have to pay for our mistakes. You know, like I say, even if it was on purpose, you brought your little cartridge and thought, you know, I could have at least one pen full, you know, while I'm here, you know, or whatever. You know, hey, that ain't worth nine years of my life. Like, come on, dude. You know, so I just was very just felt relieved for her and just could, you know, just happy for her. What about the comments I'm seeing now about, well, we released her. What about the convictions here in America? I don't feel like we need something doesn't make sense about that campaign, about people who are in jail here in America for very small amounts of marijuana who are still in jail. Right. We're working on that. And that's not a Yeah, We're working on that. But it's just like these are very separate. Let's not deflect from her moment both both are true but what are we doing like you know we she was in russia okay yeah she was about to go she was in a russian you know colony okay mm-hmm. she wasn't just for in mobile out yeah she wasn't in wherever so she was I, there for like what uh it was over a year years? was it 300 days or how many days was it since february oh okay yeah so that's yeah, rough and she did not have, and so here's the thing, it's like, it's, I just feel like everyone jumps to another story before they focus on the celebration of what we just did. And I don't know if you remember where you were when you heard it, but I was getting a mammogram. I was about to. I wasn't in the, you know, my breast wasn't in the thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. You know, I was like waiting to go in and I heard the nurses talk about it. And I remember this one woman saying, she goes, look at that. They traded her for a real convict. That that motherfucker did some real shit. It's not even fair that the trade of like she should have been sent home, period. End of story. She didn't do it. It's, it's insanity. But it's just interesting to see how people... When you're hearing something for the first time, how everyone reacts, everyone was celebrating. It was white. It was black. Everyone there was very happy that she was fine. Then I heard a nurse. She was Latino, Latina, sorry, Latinx, sorry. 
And she goes, well, if Trump, my, my boyfriend said if Trump would have been president, she would have been out long time ago. Who is her boyfriend? What does he know? We all can just say stuff. Okay. Do you know how hard it was for me to not report her ass as the black heron that I can be? Then when they asked me, how was my, they called me because they were like, how was everything? And I was two seconds from going, please talk to the woman who decides she wants to talk about Trump all the time in your little reception area. Oh, I was annoyed. Because here's the thing. That's not true. Because Trump, like you just said, Kenise, Trump didn't get this other guy out. They said that he actually he didn't answer the call. Anyway, R. Kelly. Now we're both. <laughs> R. Kelly's album was pulled from the streaming service because he wrote, did an album called I Admit It. Uh-huh. It dropped while the disgraced singer is locked up. Speaking of being locked up for things that you should be locked up for, he was sentenced to 30 years in prison on sex trafficking, child pornography, and racketeering, just in case you didn't know what it was for. Fortunately, the album lasted less than 24 hours and was pulled from, it was on Apple Music. It was on Spotify shortly. Did you hear it? Did you, did any of you? No, so the when I it came out and they said it was I admitted, I said, well, he already released that. So that's where I was confused because he had released this long ass song in like 2018 called I Admit It or whatever. Right. And it was, I guess, on YouTube, whatever it was, it was out. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know how this one like, I haven't read anything to know, like, how this one came out. And he did some kind of recording from jail saying he didn't have anything to do with it. And why would he do that? And he all he's trying to concentrate on is his appeal. And so, you know what I mean? The fact that it got taken down, he didn't care because he never put it out in the first place and doesn't know who's responsible for putting it out type shit. But the I Admit It song was something he had put was out in 2018 and they put it into like three parts because it was a very long song. And so they cut up into three songs. The other songs... I don't know. I mean, I didn't read enough to know where they came from. If they were like songs he'd already had, you well, know. Well, in one song he sings, they're brainwashed, really? Kidnapped, really? Can't eat, really? Real mm-hmm. talk, that shit sounds silly. That's the I admit it, baby. I think that was before he thought he was going to get convicted. And he was like kind of still trying to, you know, like, come on, this shit crazy. They crazy. It just couldn't happen. It's crazy. You know, still trying to, you know. Well, he needed someone to Keep work faith. on those lyrics. Like, well, when he's singing, it kind of come together. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my phone. But no, they were, they did seem like he. When you use the word pedophile in the lyric, that's just rough. You know what I mean? You just it just it don't rhyme with much that you you know it just don't hit. And then he also blames the parents of one of his victims saying, and if you really, really want to know, her father dropped her off at my show and told this boy to put her on the stage. I meant that she was over. Well, he's rhyming. And he's just trying to say it ain't all on him now. (laughs) I did some. I admitted that. I did. But but her daddy dropped off. <laughs> and he's not wrong about some of that, but you, you know, when you're caught, you know, doing this, it will them too. I don't know if that's the best. Th- you know what I mean? It's no. like take responsibility for your actions and and let's move on. And he's saying he ain't put that out, Mount. He ain't got nothing to do with that. Well, there, because some of them are new. So the last three songs, like you were saying, are a re-release from a 19-minute track he released in 2018. 
But these three tracks split the song into three parts where the disgraced singer admits to almost everything under the sun except the crimes he committed over the years. He goes, yeah. I've already written about how new music from... So this writer from The Root, I, I love, Noah A. McGee wrote, I've already written about how new music from Kanye West won't even get me to listen to him. So what the hell do you think I'm going to do when it comes to Robert Kelly? If you know someone who listened to the album, you should reconsider your relationship with them. That's my question. Do you reconsider your relationship with people because they listen to people like Kanye West and R. Kelly? Kanice? Oh, 100%. If they're like, I think there, uh, there is grades to this where some people are like still like no i stand with kanye west versus some people who are like okay college dropout is on some playlist versus people who are like it's totally off all of my things so to make sure that none of my actions result in them getting money so i do think that there are levels to it but yes certainly if it's uh i stand with this person and i think that anything people are saying against them is part of some larger conspiracy those people i want out of my life that's that's a delusion in the face of facts and I don't want to be putting myself too closely with those people, but also just like hanging out. If something happens, I don't trust you to make good decisions. So I don't want those people in my life. Vanessa. <sighs> you still do a little stepping in the name of love. Yeah, I do. I still do a little believe that is so I still do a little bit of, uh, I don't mean it. I still do a little bit of, there's a few of them. I still do a little bit of, um, I listened to, uh, what was that song? Uh, Trade in my life not that long ago. Um, yeah, the old stuff. It was the same way Kenise was kind of saying, you know, um, there's just one college dropout song I love, man. I can't think of it right now, but there's a couple of those when they come on and I'm just like, a good morning. Ooh, ooh, I might just be like, oh shit, you know, before I know it, I'm just, you know, before I'm just you know it, you're you know? into it. I, you know, and um, do I have severe problems with what they have said and done and things like that? For sure. Me uh, policing myself in such a way that it that I'm stopping my flow and and, you know, so forth. If I hear a song, any song by anybody that grieves my spirit, I'm going to cut it off. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to have done anything in particular in their personal life. You know what I'm saying? But if I go around trying to really police can I can I listen to Jerry Lee Lewis? You know they they got he's on the soundtrack of this song and he was with some young girl. Yeah, I don't. It's so many different people that's doing stuff and then been to jail and then got out and stuff like that. I, I when mystical come on, sometimes I got to remember he was out here raping and I got to cut him off. You know what I'm saying? Even though I love mysticals music, you know what I mean? It's a lot of police that I got to do because of people's personal behavior and I just cannot fault myself. I think that I'm with Kanice on some of these people who are flying a flag for these folks. Folks that are, you know, I'm standing with Kanye because freedom of speech is double double nigga. You know, there's also all kind of other stuff that has to do with that. And there's consequences for things that we say, even though we can say them. I can disagree with what you say, even though you have a right to say them. You say too many things that I disagree with, and I probably don't want to be around you that much because I don't have time to be conflicted with myself and listening to you. You know what I mean? Or whatever. So the people that get into all of that or you know, campaigning for R. Kelly and stuff. I can't as far as, because I think the statement we started off talking about the, the writer that said that she has to reevaluate her relationships with people if they just listen to the album. I don't know that I'm at that point myself 
for what I do for a living. Sometimes I listen to tidbits of things just so I can be informed, you know, for the job, you know, that type of stuff. Again, I don't have a reason to listen to that album, you know, to her point, to the writer's point, you know what I mean? Anything that he creates moving forward, I don't have a reason to listen to because I'm, I think those, it just would grieve my spirit knowing what I know, you know what I'm saying? Because I have a relationship with some of the songs prior to, you know what I mean? I know. It gets sticky because some of those songs Stepping are Stepping is a Chicago thing. And it is, but there's other songs hard I can step to. There yeah, are. they have other you know songs. Stepin, Plenty of he them. He didn't create Stepping. With that he song. didn't, but yeah. I will say that when you have a gift, the same way as do I still go back and listen to an Eddie Long sermon, even though I know he touched them boys in his congregation. I used to go to New Birth Missionary Baptist Church here in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? When Eddie Long was the pastor. On Sundays, I received plenty. I learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? Plenty of times, whether it was from him or other people in the pulpit. If I were to think back on some of those words and, and some of the thing, the ways that he put it together or the way that he told a story, am I to not think back on that because he did this other stuff? Am I responsible for what other people do? Mm. I don't have an answer for that. I just am. <laughs> it's disappointing, I think, is what it is mm-hmm. for me. Like, it, it's hard to, like, even though, like, the Michael Jackson thing was like, they were like, this was a mess. The report, the way it was done was even Oprah stopped doing the interview. But I still have questions, you know. But I, I guess for me, I even it ruins the music for me because music is about nostalgia. So it takes me back. I was, t- I was telling my friend Lois when we were coming back from Vermont. And I just started crying. And I was like, you know, you ever start, sometimes you start crying. You're like, I didn't even know that was there. And um, I was telling her, I said, music for me, there's certain songs that take me back to like my father enjoying music instantly. Like there's not even a skip of a beat with a song or a certain sound. So when I get new information about an artist, it's hard for, it is hard for me to disconnect from what they've done in a sense, even with Michael Jackson. And I know that's debatable, but I, I even with Michael Jackson, I go, it, well, um, well, what happened? <laughs> well, what about when he was a child though? Do, can I listen to the Jackson five? You know, and there's certain songs like, I want to be where you are. I I still will hear that and love it. Um, but then as it gets older. <laughs> right, am I still trying to remember the time? Do you remember the time? You know, so there's certain things I and I just I I do just wonder. And then I try to listen to Janet a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's ladies that do wrong things too. You know, it's just like again, when we're talking about pro- music, movie producers, music, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so many different areas in which, you know, and then then we get to this though, because then some of our, our people that created stuff, like I'm I'm not, I'm probably off, but Thomas Jefferson, let's say he created said state park. Am I not to enjoy that park because he was some slave owning murderous motherfucker or whoever? I, I mean to say him necessarily I'm just saying whatever historical person created this library or this thing do I got to look up everything to see who did what to see if I can enjoy it I think that's just putting too much on us you know because of what other people choose to do now I can't enjoy I can't enjoy living in Atlanta because the motherfucker the the settlers that made this motherfucker ain't right I'm sorry Kenise go on no I was just gonna say it helps me and this is not the most thought out thing or ethical thing, but I'm like, if they're dead, I do feel better about it. Okay. Like Michael Jackson, 
he's dead. So me listening to his music doesn't add money to his pocket. So I feel okay about that. And when Woody Allen dies, I'll feel okay about watching these movies again. But I just want to make sure that like, we're not like adding to his wealth or his like well-being. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't wish him well. So I'll wait until he dies and then I'll watch Midnight in Paris again. Or like, yeah, it, it, when R. Kelly dies, then I won't feel so bad about like having it in the rotation. Um, but he got to die first. Sorry. Good point, Kanice. Another good title for an album. He got to die first. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a it is something where you go. Um, mm, you have to be honest with what you enjoy. You can't be lying to yourself, but it's a tough one. I mean, there's some things that you 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 honestly can give up easy and some things you're like, oh, like some, when someone does something in sports. I'm like, well, I don't watch it. So this is an easy one for me. I ain't got to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I protest. Right. right. <laughs> Boycott football. Nobody cares. I'll take a, I'll ta- take a knee. Right. <laughs> Don't let it be HGTV now. Don't do nothing over there. Now, if it's a house, <laughs> if it's a house head, um, you know, some house music, some house right, DJ. Right, now you can't listen to your house no more. You be like, what? what? I can't listen to his mix. I can't go to the dance club because some somebody, I'm like. Some food and did, right. Well, are they still there? Or? They got to die first. Kanee said it. <laughs> they can die first or we can steal from them um that's like also a thing like if there's like a torrented version of it where they get none of the profits i don't feel as bad about that uh, but if they're getting like if someone is being able to take my actions make money off of it and then go about living a nice life that i feel like they shouldn't deserve based on what they've done then i feel bad but hey if they're dead or if i'm stealing from them it's totally fine Totally fine. Now, okay, totally fine. But I feel better about it. Is how I'll put it. I'll feel, I'll feel better about. It. Okay, that is a harsh. I'm totally fine that you're dead. <laughs> that is kind of harsh. Totally fine with it. Uh, we had speaking. Of, oh God, what a transition. A passing to note. Um, but it's an important. She is. If you don't know about Dorothy Pittman Hughes, which I know knew of her, but you know her passing is an important one to mention. She was eighty four. She passed of being old age is what they said. Her daughter said and son in law in Tampa. Uh, Hughes and so Dorothy Pittman Hughes was a black feminist, a community activist who co-founded Miss Magazine with Gloria Steinem and appeared with her in one of the most iconic photos of the second wave feminist movement. And she passed at 84. Hughes and Steinem created a powerful speaking partnership in the 70s and toured the country when feminism was seen as predominantly white and middle class. Hughes organized New York City's first shelter for battered women and co-founded the New York City Agency for Child Development to broaden childcare services in the city. When she was 10, her father was nearly beaten to death and left on her family's doorstep who believed it was an attack from the Ku Klux. I can never say that. We know who. The crew, I used to go to the crew clubs. You know who they are. The KKK. Moving to the city in the 50s, working as a saleswoman, nightclub singer, and house cleaner, Hughes was working with Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, for the civil rights movement by the 1960s. She created West 80th Street Community Child Care Center, where in 1968, she met Steinem. That's where she met her. And they started the magazine, and they became friends in 1972. She has a book. 
that she details her life that you should get. Wake up and smell the dollars. Whose inner city is this anyway? One woman's struggle against sexism, classism, racism, gentrification, and the empowerment zone, which is basically, and and I believe she's talking about what happened in Harlem when Clinton got his office. She had a black owned business. And because he moved in, they got rid of her business and they put a staples there. She had an office supply um, store. One of the first and black owned by a woman. And then when his and what'd you call it? What's it called? Enhancement, empowerment, Clinton's. Yeah. The empowerment zone was part the of the empowerment plan. zone. They're going to put and put the staples in there and the impact, you know, pushed hers out. So I guess that was some kind of power. All right. That hurts though with that. I feel for small businesses when stuff like that happens. You know what I mean? Like that's so against everything that she was going, her life's work and to come in there like that. Clinton should have known better. You know, especially like, say, if you were looking over stuff, which, of course, if you're doing something like that, you should really be overseeing what's going on. And it, with the moment that you saw that it was going to ruin her business and not make it better, why would you just not go in and help her make sure that she had all the right stuff for her business? You know, like it made that's just mm, go on. I'm sorry. No, that's great, because I think now is a time where people voice, especially in New York City, about this. And she came up in a time when people didn't really know they could have power over these bigger corporations or someone like Bill Clinton coming in. There wasn't really the social media presence. There wasn't the media that, you know, we couldn't really know about this that was going on. I thought he was doing a good thing, honey. I didn't know. Like from, you know, live, not living there, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you gonna go in Harlem and help them build and da-da-da-da-da. But helping the build is not tearing down something established. It's empowering them to make their business greater. Now, Kanice, did you know about Dorothy Pittman? No, I didn't. I didn't know about her before this. And it's always so interesting to me. Like, that's a bit older than my mom, but it's not so much older than my mom. Like, that's well within my mom's lifetime. It's always interesting that these, like, historic figures who do this main work that I feel is, like, super established and has been around forever. Those people are, like, my my mom's age, my aunt's age, like that kind of stuff. It's still so present. And like, I'm sorry to hear about her passing, but that, no, she was around. Like she's still, she was still that, like, that's a lot to wrap your brain around. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you want to go and talk to some older people and say, what you do in your life? Let me, let me yeah. holler at you. You look older. You do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been just nice to think about that. Like, we should start just looking up people that have done some great work, see if they're still living. There's this one lady I want to meet that I've been scared to email, but I might do it. Um, I read the book A Taste of Power, right, with Elaine Brown. And I always wanted to meet her, you know, just because I just did. Just because after I read that book, I was just so taken by it. And she was like the leader of the Black Panther Party for a little bit there. And just everything that she went through, even with them, you know, just the book talked about the inner workings of it and having to deal with, you know, a group that's trying to do some and did do some positive things. But you also have that male chauvinistic bullshit that goes on within those kinds of groups. And, you know, just her recognizing who she is and the impact she can have on stuff. And I just... She was, you know, one of those people that I read the book and was like, oh, I want to meet this person. And there's a couple of self-help book people that um, Marion Williamson, the lady that ran for president, I would really love to meet her. She made a big impact on the way I look at things and my uh, search for, you know, my spiritual search and, and, and look and outlook on things. 
And there's many others. Those are just the first two that kind of came to mind. I meet a lot of the musical people that have really touched me, but I want to meet some of the literary people and some of the people out here doing some of that social work, you know, as well that are out here still. And, you know, I think that'd be groovy. It is great. Such a great point that you brought up because it's like we're talking more about giving people flowers while they're here, I've noticed, but actually seeking out the ones who do that work, you know, like she's in Harlem and I feel sort of sad that I didn't have like an aware I, I've heard of her but I didn't really think about it you know I didn't seek her out as you said or or because she's doing a lot of what I would be interested in you know getting involved in the community doing setting up these spaces for children this is the work that needs to be done right now and so I, a lot of times I feel like our elders that really did stuff are gone but they are still here so seek them out in your community yeah. all right some of them ain't that old I mean, either you know what I mean like some people they're really not they're they they still out here jogging and kicking it and you know what I'm, I didn't mean I don't want to make it sound like everybody's decrepit or anything on their last leg or nothing. It's just the fact that you know we'll wait till they are or wait till they're not here anymore and and you know talk about those woulda coulda shouldas and you know um, we can have those conversations now and uh, I think that's great. Yes. So and I think her work within feminism is so important to because of the speech. I know I keep bringing it up, but the speech that I did was about, you know, reclaiming feminism. And I never really had an opportunity to do that. And they gave me that opportunity. And well, you know, like in comedy, you always reject it. Like, I'm not a feminist, you know, come on. You know, you're just being funny. It's, just, it's kind of cool to be like, I'm not a feminist. But the reality is we are. I am. And a lot of the things that I've done you know, contribute to that. But then I also wonder why I never say it. And I think as a black woman, you never feel like you have the time or luxury or the privilege to call yourself a feminist. And here's a, a black woman. We always talk about Gloria Steinem, but how often do you hear about this woman? So, you know, make sure you look her up. Dorothy Pittman Hughes. All right, guys, we're going to get out. I don't want to keep you all day. You got things to do. Maybe smoke some pot. I don't know. That's exactly what I was about to do, to be honest. I got, oh, speaking of, I got a whole bunch from Vermont. Homegrown. Good weed I, in Vermont. Nice. And it was from my friend's garden. They can grow it. It's, and, and let me tell you, I shredded that stuff up and rolled it up. And I was very happy last night. I sent a report, a, survey, a review. My review came in. I was like, there was a lot of seeds, but when we got past all of that, <laughs> this shit was great. <laughs> That's my review. So there's a lot of seeds, but when we got past that, it's good. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go out on what you're doing next. And a happy holidays to both of you. Thank you for joining me. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, whatever you celebrate, happy. So, Kanice, throw in a little bit of what you're going to do for Christmas along with everything else we ask. That takes like okay. 30 minutes uh, to close. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am really excited to spend time with my little nephew. It's my twin sister's son. And uh, I'm even doing some babysitting, which I never do. So me around a child, which is strange, will be a fun holiday thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, what, what what else do I need to include in this answer? Sorry. Where you where they can follow you, your album, and then a friend's. Ah, yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I have shows all the time. You can check that out on kinesmobley.com. And also there, 
where you will get a link to my album, which came out this past week. And I hope people like it and enjoy it. It's very silly. Uh, my mom likes it. So there's a ringing endorsement. And with friends like us, you can learn about the people who are still in your community doing great work. Yes. Thank you. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Vanessa. Well, um, hi, this is Vanessa Fraction. You can follow me at Vanessa Fraction on all your social media. VanessaFraction.com should start being updated soon. It never is. But listen, um, you can listen to me on the Nappy Boy Radio podcast with T-Pain. It's a super awesome, fun podcast where we have a lot of really, really awesome guests. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast regularly. You can also watch us on YouTube. Um, coming up, I have some really cool shows with Bill Burr coming up. Um, I jump on the road with him from time to time and I'm doing um he New Orleans Austin and um San Antonio um he does really awesome stadium shows I feel very blessed to be on the stage that's great and um after that though for the holidays I'm kind of relaxing as I had said I had that uh little issue and I just want to give my body an opportunity to uh recharge and 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 get itself together um so I'm kind of just kind of chilling at home for the holidays and with friends like us, I can talk about medical issues and uh, <laughs> and know that I'm not alone, and and um and I can look out for my uh, for my other friends and things that they're going through too. Oh, wonderful! Thank you, Marina Franklin. Here, just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Listen and check out all of the friends like us. This is a wonderful time to go back, listen to some of your favorite episodes, maybe some episodes you may not have heard before. We have some really great ones that I'm going to re-air during the holidays so I can take a break. And for the holidays, I'm going to be in Chicago. I know. I was like, I, I gave this as an assignment and I was like, what do I have? I'll be in Chicago with my niece. My I love that little girl. You know, there's some kids that just become like your favorites. She's my only one that's a kid right now. You know, they're all grown up. I like them when they're like five and four and I can manage them. And, and I, I, I'm really goofy. So I like making kids laugh. And I just got her a little video game, a little Pac-Man that is perfect for just a five-year-old. And I just love seeing her open gifts for Christmas. And she hates books, which I'm trying to get her to like books. Every time I say I'm giving her a book, she goes, TT, and she gives me a thumbs down. She goes, and I go, we got, we, got, we got work on that. And I think she likes the reaction that she gets when she gives me, because I'm always like, she goes, <laughs> so... She's really funny. I can't wait. And it's my birthday. Christmas Day is yeah. actually my birthday. Yes. So I'll Happy be birthday, babes. My birthday over Jesus. Joking. Uh, well, not. And with friends like us, you can reconnect with some really funny, smart, intelligent friends who mean the world to you because I have the best friends. So thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And... Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. I am so into Christmas this year. It's annoying. I'm going to go happy I, holidays I, and for the people that do Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. I said enough happy holidays. I said it is. <laughs> <laughs> happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa.